Hello, and welcome to this podcast from the Rheumatology and Arthritis Learning Network. I'm your moderator, Rebecca Mashal, and I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Ananta Payne today to discuss research he and colleagues conducted at the University of Rochester in Rochester, New York, to investigate factors that may drive the transition to psoriatic arthritis among patients with psoriasis. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Payne. Thank you, Rebecca. It's my pleasure. You mentioned in the article published in Arthritis and Rheumatology about this research project that we still don't have a clear understanding of the mechanisms that work in the development of musculoskeletal diseases. This particular study was designed to investigate whether metabolic factors influence the progression from psoriasis to psoriatic arthritis. What led you to focus on the potential involvement of these metabolic factors? Unlike many other diseases, such as rheumatoid arthritis, where a lot is known, psoriatic arthritis has been less studied. And there is one very interesting fact, actually, I even did not know before entering to this field. In psoriasis, uh, not all patients will develop arthritis, but only a fraction of those patients eventually will develop arthritis. All psoriasis patients will have skin inflammation, not necessarily will have joint inflammation, but a subset among them eventually will progress to psoriatic arthritis. So they will also have inflammation in the joint. So when those kind of symptoms are developed in the patient, they will be categorized as psoriatic arthritis patient. Psoriasis as such is, of course, uh, is a disease and affects many people, but when patient develop the arthritis in the joint, it results into permanent damage. The thing is there are treatments for psoriatic arthritis, but if we do not know the patient develop psoriatic arthritis, we cannot treat them. And as a result, many times diagnosis often delayed, which leads to permanent damage. So if you can identify the patient who are at risk of developing psoriatic arthritis, we can either take some preventative measure or at least can treat them before even they develop the symptoms of arthritis or clinical symptoms of arthritis. So with that goal, we wanted to study a subset of patient. In, in the University of Rochester, uh, our group has been collecting samples from many psoriasis and psoriatic patients. So we have uh, more than 500 patients. There are very few places where these kind of samples are available with a very well-characterized patient cohort. We could only do this study because of this cohort, which our group, and especially that effort has been led by Dr. Christopher Richlin over many years. We analyze a subset of 71 uh, subject among these 500 patient cohort. And among them, we have a, a group of 13 patients who came as psoriasis patient, but over the years developed the symptom for psoriatic arthritis. Again, this is unique. So we have collected sample before the onset of arthritis and after the onset of arthritis. Then we also got some patient who came as psoriasis patient and even until the date of study remained psoriasis patients. So they did not develop psoriatic arthritis. So now with these samples, you can compare and try to understand why certain patient 
develops uretic arthritis, where the others did not. We actually did transcriptomic study, which led us to believe there are some underlying metabolic dysfunction, which is an important contributing factor. Piloted by that observation, we actually thought if we analyze the samples from this different group of patients and compare them with a healthy subject as well as rheumatoid arthritis, we might identify some unique signature with which we can identify which patients are at risk and probably can be even used as biomarker to separate from the rheumatoid arthritis patient because it's very difficult to even differentiate between rheumatoid arthritis patient and psoriatic arthritis patient. And to our great surprise, we found a group of bile acid were decreased among the patient who developed psoriatic arthritis over the time. And this level of this bile acid was lower even before the onset of arthritis. It suggests this patient who developed psoriatic arthritis actually were probably predestined based on their metabolic signature. This is only based on study we conducted. We don't know if the same observation can be made among other patients from a different geographical location with a different genetic background or different food habit. But what we consistently seen in this among this patient, this bile acid and some of the other metabolites were distinctly lower. Another very interesting factor which we noted were lower, especially in the patient who developed psoriatic arthritis, were butyrate. It's a metabolites which actually known already known to be very important for gut health and it's known a lower butyrate or butyrate can induce actually tolerogenic effect by affecting certain immune cells such as T cells. So lower butyrate among this patient is another very interesting factor. Now we also contributed some of this observation potentially due to gut microbial dysfunction I will just uh, tell you the rationale behind that. We are just hypothesizing. First, it's some of those bile acid were primary bile acid, which is basically synthesized in liver. But there were also multiple secondary bile acid. Only gut microbiome can convert primary bile acid to secondary bile acid. Decreased level of secondary bile acid also potentially suggests that there are changes in liver dysfunction second gut microbial dysbiosis, or most likely the third scenario contributed by both the factor. Liver has a very important metabolic function. It's constantly detoxifying lots of toxic substance, but the bile acid also has a lot of important effect in the gut. Dysbiosis in the gut microbiome or in the changes in the bile acid can affect each other. So based on all these observations, there is a good possibility both of these things are correct. You mentioned specifically that decreased bile acid and butyrate levels and elevated guanine levels were found in patients with psoriasis who were at risk for PSA, that these were particularly striking and that that might be a reflection of gut microbiome uh, dysfunction and dysregulation of the hepatic metabolism. So that's what mm-hmm. you're that's what you're talking about here yes. that led you to conclude that this is actually a a two-way path there that one affects the other in terms of gut and liver dysfunction in these patients. 
And actually with the guanine, we have noted a significant difference. While for the bile acid, we can make a biological connection, like what might lead to that changes. Guanine was a strong observation, but we still don't know what led to that changes and what might be impact of that uh, changes in the guanine. But it's a nucleotide. For that, we don't have a clear explanation why this has changed, but we have noted very uh, significant change in the guanine as well. Well, often with research like this, you answer some questions, but you uncover new questions that need further research to answer. So that was one of my questions for you is, are you planning additional research along these lines to see if you can dig a little deeper and see how these interconnections work? This study actually gave us some answer or but many questions. So definitely our group will be interested to follow up some studies in Scandinavia already ongoing, like changing the diet, if it is going to have big impact in the onset of the disease or progression of the disease. What I have seen so far already indicating that changing the lifestyle or changing the metabolism by food habit or potentially with microbial changes might lead to alternative treatment if definitely will be very interesting. So there are multiple avenue uh, and we only reported a part of our observation. There are multiple other things which came across in our study which need further study and will be dependent on the further funding. What do you see in regard to how these findings might apply to the actual care and monitoring of patients? That's a very good question, but actually there has been some observation. I actually am aware of some of the studies done in Canada, probably shown that liver disease or liver-associated symptoms are higher in psoriatic arthritis. So one simple thing will be just to see if patient with psoriatic arthritis has increased liver dysbiosis or liver dysfunction or, or any changes in the liver health. Even multiple pharmaceutical companies are already working on certain metabolites, which can be used for uh, treating autoimmune disease such as IBD, and most likely that kind of drug also will be relevant for psoriatic arthritis because there have been overlaps between uh, like IBD symptoms uh, and many of the patients of psoriatic arthritis also suffer from chronic inflammation in the gut. So if we just draw the hypothetical conclusion, definitely those kind of approach will be much more feasible over the time with this kind of research. But, you know, having a hypothesis and resulting or converting to a clinical treatment takes multiple years. Biggest challenge in this line of work is, suppose if you are thinking bile acid as a potential treatment, it will require systematic, well-funded study. But the question will be, who will be funding those kind of research? It has to be coming from government bodies, some academic setup. So that's hypothetical question. The hypothetical answer is it's feasible, but the practicality always comes with the funding and the support in this kind of research, which is not always easy in academic setting. So it's going to be a while before we know if this is directly applicable to the treatment of patients in the clinic, but at least it's an interesting course to follow in terms of doing additional research and seeing what you can find. 
So I also would like to add one thing. I think the patient community or any organization involved in this kind of uh, effort, they can take initiative of conducting observational studies. At least there will be some trend emerging from those study, which might lead to this kind of solution. Based on the scientific data that it might work, maybe there might be some observational data kind of suggest if we are correct in our hypothesis or maybe we are wrong. We just cannot advise anybody to take any random step and take something without having the full knowledge. Maybe there is a potential toxicity. So it's the dosing and all the other relevant question has to be addressed. But I personally believe that those kind of observational study when uh, combined with a very systematic scientific study can bring treatment regimen which might not be very expensive but rather feasible, but that will also require some uh, effort. Well, this is a very interesting idea, and I'll look forward to following what happens next and what's discovered in subsequent research. And we thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rebecca, and I'm glad to discuss about our work. Uh, We believe, strongly believe, uh, this uh, research uh, will have long-term implication increased interest to be aware of at least this angle that metabolic dysfunction might be a cause of the onset of arthritis in psoriasis patient. 